Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of An Author's Kiss right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Jenny Story. She's been here before with her mum where they discussed the book that was written about Jenny's autism. You wouldn't believe that she has autism of any spectrum whatsoever because she's so incredibly talented. Her new book, which is his second book in a trilogy, uh, dysmonia, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, dysmonia, pretty close. Dysmonia, yeah. right, there we go. <laughs> and and that's the second book, which apparently is very thick and full of action, so I don't know how she does it. Um, she's also a self-advocate for autism and shines her light on other autistics that go after their dream and lets everyone, you know, all those people that say they can't do it. She won the 2020 Self-Advocate Award, uh, the Autism BC Awards, and the money that she won, she gave to a single mum of two autistic boys and, and gave to um, Spectrum Productions who work with autistic individuals. So she's a philanthropist as well. She has a, a documentary filmed about her through Telesoptic um, about the positivity of autism and and how people can see it from a different point of view. And we're going to really discuss her new book, uh, her process and uh, her passion and the fact that she's uh, a graphic artist as well right i mean not the things you can't do madam hi <laughs> hi hi how are you doing i'm doing great well done second book with with yet another book to come yeah yeah I'm in the works on the third one now. Bravo, bravo. A lot of dedication that goes into that and a lot of discipline, right? Oh, yes, definitely for sure. Yes. Where do you get your ideas from? You know, is it characters that are formed in your mind that just come out onto the paper or did you have to go looking for them? That's a very good question because so far we're featuring my stories have been a different experience. So like with my first book, I actually got it based off this weird dream I had. I was studying for my um, social studies in grade nine and just to keep myself awake and focused, I just decided to turn on my TV. Uh, but as I'm looking at my TV, there's these weird scenes that come from the book um, with the main character and some Jeep racing and other stuff that goes on there. Uh, but then my mom calls me for dinner. And when I look back at the TV, it's off and it was off the whole time. And yeah, the idea just never went away. So I decided to write a book about that. And yeah, I had the beginning, the middle, and ending, and how to make it all to come together. And yeah, that's how the first one came. Uh, with the second one, that was just, you know, based off the characters and okay, what's their story? What's happened after the first book and all that? And I've had my beginning with the second one. I had the beginning and the ending, but I was struggling with the middle and how to make it all come together because I technically wasn't planning to make this into a trilogy at first. <laughs> So it evolved. <laughs> yeah, it evolved. And so, yeah, so I found a way because it's published out now. And now I'm working on the third book and just going through the same process. I've got the beginning and ending. 
and I've, and I've slowly got the middle and now I'm just trying to make it all come together. Yeah. And um, this is the thing about authoring, isn't it? Is that you can have a story in your head. You can have certain characters. You kind of always need to know the ending and work yourself backwards. But the characters also take a life of their own on, don't they? As you put them in situations, now it's like, well, what would they do? And it's, you're no longer thinking it, you're following them, aren't you? Yeah, it's like following, it's being in their head and what yes. they're like. And yeah, just basically what they see and think. It's, it's cool. Yeah, it's rather exciting um, because it's, you know, it's not just an extension of you. It, it, it is a kind of another part of you, you know, yeah. another dimension of you that's, that's in there, right? So it's oh, yeah. uh, on your own self-discovery there. What is the book actually about? I know it's fantasy and fiction, but what is it? What is the main storyline? Oh, okay. So, so the first book is about this young woman named Layla who becomes the first female of her hometown to be the royal commander. And there's this bad guy named Nylerm who's attacking the town, but nobody really knows why. So when her and her friends try to go stop him, he traps them in a buckle and drives them off a cliff. And so you think they've died, but they actually get stuck in this secret underground world. Mm. Yeah, and that's uh, where the adventure starts. And then the second one is a continuation of that story. So we discover on. another world, which is always yeah. lovely. I love, I, I mean, I love anything that takes us into different dimensions or different worlds. Um, mm. It's not necessarily escapism. I think that very often when you look at a different world, um, it helps you reflect back on the world that you're living in, in a different light. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I think I've learned more from mystical and fantasy than I have from documentary you know uh, because it does allow you to kind of wonder yourself or become a certain character and oh could I do that oh she did that could you know could I do that and I think that when we immerse ourselves into those worlds and we take that journey it really opens up a whole spectrum of wonderment doesn't it yeah sure sure I definitely agree yeah what's your favorite character in the book in my book oh man let's see um i would my i do like layla a lot because she's strong and independent uh but she's not afraid to ask for help when she needs it uh right. she just she does what she needs to do she's determined when she's passionate about something she goes for it she doesn't let anybody tell her she can or can't and she just follows her heart and tries to do the right thing and is very caring and yeah, and there forevers. Uh, I also like another character that I also like, and he's quite popular too, is um, this cookie creature called Sparkles. And they're called cookies because they love to eat cookies. <laughs> and he's got a personal uh, attachment to my heart because um, actually, if you don't mind, I'll get a picture to show yes, you. Yes, yes. Oh, no, I love it when we get to see the graphics of, of the people that are in the book as well. Sparkles. Wells was actually based on my real life dog Sparkles right here. Oh, oh I love those ears. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> For those that are only listening, um, Sparkles is a beautiful dog, very, very regal with gorgeous ears. <laughs> it looked like they could take off any, any moment now. So are the creatures in your underworld animals or, um, or are they people? Or what are they? 
Oh, that's a good question. Well, it's it's many things. There's there's some normal animals there, like cows and horses and all. But a lot of them are yeah, they're all magical. There's like the sparkles, who's a cookie, and they're kind of like alien kind of creatures. But there's also like fantasy creatures, like there's. There's a like a weretar, which is part werewolf and part centaur. Do you Ooh. know what a centaur? Yeah, is? yeah, the backside of a horse and front side of a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, ooh, that'd be interesting. Mm. Yeah. So there's yeah. creatures like that, and yeah, just all sorts of different magical creatures you can think of. Um, there's a baco, which is a part bat cat there, and I've got a slonky, which is kind of like this monkey slothing it's got long arms and long claws to crawl around very energetic for being related to the sloth and nerva which is like an alien kind of bug-like cow and yeah just many creatures how did those come into your mind where do you discover those in your head um i kind of like to draw them out i just think of creatures in my mind and i just draw them I, yeah, like I'll sometimes think of like maybe a cow or what would this creature look like if I gave it antennas and yeah, just basically drawing and thinking it out. So you do the drawing and that's when the character comes alive from you. So that's yeah. your process there. And it, you know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I know that you can draw too, which is, uh, which is exceptional. Um, I, you know, as I said, the fantasy is something I love because I always see reality from a different point of view. But I also love the fact that we do look at other creatures, they do take on a persona, we do get attached to them. And I think it opens up our world because we're so linear as human beings. Everything's straight line, everything's got to be black and white, everything's got to be, uh, and we're boring. So, you know, when we choose to kind of let the imagination go and, and believe that there are different forms of creatures in our universe, in our world, I think it makes us better people. Yeah, for sure, because we can be imagined and happy and think of like good things that we can do. It's like a world of possibilities. We yes. can do whatever we want. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but that's what the beauty of the art of the writing is. My, my brother is an author as well, and he's quite yes. disciplined. Uh, he writes a lot of fantasy and youth genre. And right. it's not so much about the creatures, but it's always more like the supernatural. You know ah. things that happen and melding of different dimensions and different worlds and every time i read them you know i love the world that i go into oh yeah. what's this world like you know is it something from that world i can bring back or can yeah. i just escape to that world when this yeah. world gets too much and yeah. i think that's the reason why we like that type of thing isn't it because it opens our mind up but it's also a safe place to go yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, as you said, it's a nice place where we can escape or just think and let loose. And yeah, it just takes us to a different point of view and just yeah, have fun in it. And yeah. What age group are you writing for? Um, tech, okay, I guess technically target wise, the book is an adult, so like ages 12 to 13, 14. However, I've had had people from ages six to 60 and read it and enjoy them themselves. It's kind of almost like Harry Potter that way, where yes. they also target young adults, but lots of people of different age groups read Harry Potter, enjoy it. I was obsessed with Harry Potter. My kids were calling me a nerd. Get your own oh. dinner, I'm reading Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved it. And I, and I loved, you know, the world of Harry Potter and all the creatures, but also the dark side that was there. 
And it's yeah. nice to go to a world that's kind of maybe got a light side, but there's an always undercurrent. And that comes in in the choice, doesn't it? You know, with yeah. the villain is always making us choose which side are we going to go. And yeah. so it's a good reflection in our own lives. Yes, yeah, definitely. I agree. Do you like writing villains? Uh, I do. Uh, uh, there's like a few villains in this one. Um, yeah, yeah, I enjoy because without the how can the hero grow if the villain doesn't help them? And how do I explain in a way grow? Because sometimes the villains put them in situations where they have to think. It's like, can I the hero stick through moments and follow through a bit, or does the that guy kind of like get in their heads and make them see things yeah. different? So yeah, it, it, they they make the character think and think about who they are in a sense. If you do the villains right, so. yes, yes, and you know. A lot of villains, we, we kind of grow to love. We love the bad guy, you know, and and uh, a good villain is one that we we kind of we know they're bad, but we like them anyway, because there's just something about them. And then there's the villains that we just absolutely loathe because they're just too evil. Now, I don't imagine you have anybody too evil in your book. Uh, for the first one, they're, they're pretty like, you know, who the bad guys are. But with the second one, there is kind of a complex twist. Well, yeah, there is a one character that's pretty complex in there when it comes to villainy. He, he's definitely an interesting one without spoiling too much. Mm -hmm. mm. So really somebody who's a dark reflection. I mean, Harry Potter books has a really big dark side there that was very interesting and i think the reason why they appealed across the ages is that no matter where you're at in life you it's going to address your now your knowledge now and as you said you know from six to sixty reading the books who says that because you grow up you can't read these books that take you off into different worlds i think yeah. we we read them with a different understanding yeah. And, uh, and get a different, obviously, a different journey out of it. Uh, I encourage people of uh, older age to read all these wonderful um, books because they really do, they take you away from this world and they kind of remind you how wondrous and adventurous life can really be. Yeah. And help us step into life again, where sometimes people get caught up in life and forget to live. <laughs> so true. I couldn't have said that better myself. So I know that this the second book is one that you really got carried away with, and I think your mum was saying eight hundred pages. Yeah, it's exactly at eight hundred pages. So that is, uh, was it just like because you had time with the COVID, or was it because it just poured out of you and you could just see it, you know, continuing on? Uh, yeah, it just it's just the second one. It just kind of well. For the beginning and it just had the middle and just yeah just a ton of stuff came in and i kept adding and pouring it, i got definitely with the chapters are definitely longer for sure like with the first one they were usually like three to five pages with maybe one being like 10 most of them were now are like 10 to maybe almost hitting 20 now so just kind of in a way since proving my writing and mm -hmm. explaining things more a bit too was maybe what also made the book but bigger as well so this is like a whole interesting learning process for me now and what i need to do with the third book so yeah it's definitely been an interesting process this mm. whole thing now i know that you're an animator as well a 2d and 3d animator and i know that you would love to make actually um you know a script or even a film out of this would you like to 
to be done in animation. Oh yes, I for definitely would. Uh, I would especially love to see it in 2D because we haven't seen a lot of 2D animated movies in a while. I am actually writing the script for it. Um, I'm pretty, there's a few more chapters that I need to do and then I need to revision it. And yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, I can make it into animated movies soon. Yes. Someday. Yeah. You know, let's, let's hit on your autism um, now because, you know, autism is something that's extremely misunderstood. And I've had you and your mom on and your mom on and with another mom of an autistic child. So <laughs> they've shared, you know, the, the ups and the downs of it, you know, the sides of it. But and when we look at a great deal of our gifted people out there, they're generally on the autism spectrum, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, because we're talking about it more and making it more aware. You're seeing a lot of these people that, oh, this person, you wouldn't think, but yes. it just shows, hey, there's there's no stereotype where, where this person has to act like this to be autistic. Or just, yeah, there's just different types of people out there that we're slowly starting to show, which is nice. Do you find that with your autism that it may help you channel better? Then, uh, you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of a regular person who can get diverted very, very easy. Do you find that that focus and that channeling of what you want to do is probably a little more refined than than the norm? Oh, uh, I would think so in a sense, because a funny story with my focusing, I didn't realize with me, like when I'm focused on something, yeah, I'm super focused because um, example with this funny story, um, I did some, I'm also a back, I do some background works from time to time too. And I was on background for this one show and it was lunchtime. And because the lineups can be very long, I was focused on getting to the lineups. And because I was like, okay, this is where I need to go for my destination. I didn't realize someone was calling me from behind saying hey Jenny Jenny we have a seat for you because I was so like I focused to get to the destination I needed to be that yeah that I did I accidentally didn't hear anybody behind you but yeah I would say focused um schedule I stick with schedules I would mm -hmm. say good and um my creativity side too because I can see things from a different point right. of view and work into character's head instead of trying to like say figure out how, how do I explain? Instead of like, because some people, they try to figure out what the character is and who they are. It's more like the character, in a sense, kind of telling me who they yeah. are and showing me what they're like. And yeah, if that makes sense. I don't know if I explained that. Oh, no, completely. Yeah, you allow your characters to to become rather than dictating what they should be. Yeah. Right? yeah because, yeah. Uh, you know, what I have found with autistic people is is that ability to open up your creativity to open up that channeling of being able to see things from a different perspective that I think that, you know, very often people without any form of what people like to call challenge, but, you know, I kind of look upon it as a gift in many ways, um, mm -hmm. is the fact that if you uh, look at an autistic person and tap in to their channel, you're in their world of such incredible gifted wonderment and, and point of view. But we demand autistic people come into our world and speak our way. And we're the ones that are losing out. Yeah. Right? Because we're not, you can't fit in our world. And let's face it, our world can be rather dysfunctional. Right. But if we came into your world and saw things through your eyes and truly heard you, it would open up a different world to us that would benefit quite considerably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree. The autism, you said that there was a documentary made for you on uh, 
on the on your autism by um, Telus. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was actually for another autistic person uh, named Brody who does TED Talks and talks about autism. And yeah, they heard about me and they got, they're from Kamloops and they heard about me and they got a hold of me and my mom and asked if we wanted to be a part of the documentary and talk about my journey and our story and what we want to do with autism and we agreed. Yeah. Mm, nice. And you know, that's the thing is about the education, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I know, you know, my kids are, uh, I've just had my first grandchild. So and my kids are in their 30s and they've got friends where, you know, a couple of the kids are on the autism spectrum. And immediately people go, ah, oh, poor things. And it, mm, again, yeah. it is instead of looking at poor things, it's again, don't expect them to function in your world go into theirs and when you do it broadens your spectrum so much more and mm -hmm. so it's just it's not I, one of my wonderful guests uh, said it's not disabled it's differently abled yeah yeah it's a good say saying yeah. i like it yeah, i do too yeah, because it is sad, like, like the moment, like you say, autism, or it's raw, it's people still kind of have that, oh, that's so sad, poor thing, you can't do anything, but it's, that's not true, we can do things, we just need people to be open and try to see things from our point of view, and yeah, if we just work together and, like, how to find ways to connect and build together, instead of, like, being all like, no, you have to be this way, otherwise you can't work, you know, it'd just be a better place if we can find ways to work together. Exactly. And also to respect each other's way of working. You know, yeah. I mean, you have a particular structure and that's how you function in it. If you think about it, we all work well in our own structure. Mm -hmm. And half the time where people, you know, are, are getting lost is because they don't know what their structure is. Yeah. You know, they haven't set that, um, you know, that building foundation. They, they're, they're seeing the big house finished and everybody in it, but they're not realizing the foundation and the structure and everything else that needs to be there. We all need that in our lives to, to maximize our production. But if we look at your, your system that serves you, maybe it's one that might serve us as well, right? Yeah. It's a yeah. different type of focus. Um, again, we're seeing, you know, so many young people today, um, performers, you know, prodigies of the guitar or the piano or singing. And we're looking at them and go, oh my God, you know, did you swallow a human, you know, an adult, you know, because, and, and then they're so together, like, and it is absolutely amazing. But I don't know if you watched, excuse me, America's Got Talent last year. Uh, what was oh, it? if I'm Cody, Cody, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, yes. he was so good. And it's awesome that he won. Yes. And what, what, you know, that, and a few years ago just would never have happened but we're opening up more and more and yes you know when it comes to his daily interaction it's on a different level mm -hmm. when he was at that piano and he started singing and in in a different world all together and he invited us into his world right yeah. so i think we have to be yeah, more accepting like of each other did you were you happy to see that yeah yeah yeah, it was so cool to see that he won and like expressing himself and like, like, yay, way to show up. Yes, yes. So that, yeah, it was super Just cool. Those, um, and what, you know, what a, a brilliant, you know, poster child for, you know, for autism, for people to see it in, in a different light. Um, you know, sometimes I think people get mixed up between kind of OCD, uh, compulsive disorder and on autism, right? Because yeah. you do like things 
to be kind of structured and um, people with OCD have particular ways of doing things. Do you think there is a big difference between the two? I think maybe a little bit because OCD is where you're like have to think certain things clean and you have to uh and with autism yeah we like doing our things repeatedly constantly to make ourselves kind of feel good but we don't always it's not all the time for certain people yes it might feel like that because they need to have certain things at a certain time to make them feel better or also freak out but i don't find myself i've i've at least gone better where i don't need to always have things routine and all that i can do things specific things at specific times and all that if that makes any sense yeah, I kind of yeah, yeah. you could be more flexible yeah right um i know your mom's been a huge advocate of you and what you can do right yeah and i know yeah. that you know in the beginning when you were diagnosed it was like you know institution or you never expect much from your child and and she didn't go that way she kind of like okay i'm gonna listen to this child and make this uh child as happy as possible and yes. you know is it that encouragement that has helped you find your path in life oh for sure I, yeah definitely I think when you get support from anyone especially like your parents like having your back no matter what uh, your mom your dad your siblings uh, family friends uh, teachers you care about it's nice to know that people believe in you and they want you to keep doing better to show them that hey we you, you guys are right about me. I can do these things. Yeah, it's just encouragement. It, it, it helps anybody, really. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Again, it's like that label, autism, don't expect much. Or they're going to be a problem. Or they're going to be this and that. And there are different levels of it. You know, looking mm. at Cody, obviously, he needed more help on day-to-day -day functionals. But yeah. and then once you put him on a piano, off he went and you know became this beautiful light and there are yeah. different there are different levels of autism not everybody will find their independence as you have or yeah. their creativity but it, it is again don't don't write people off yeah uh, when it's, you've stuck a label on them right you know yeah because if we do that then maybe that person could have been it's just trying to find their level and what they can do and helping them open up to that and finding themselves so that they can not only help themselves, but be there for the world and help the world as well and say vice versa. Yes, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. And then the thing is about, you know, is they may be limited because they're differently abled, but it is where they excel. Let yeah. them let them be there. Don't try and make them go and do something else that yeah. is just not within their realm right because that's yeah. that should be for everybody you know find yeah. the, the self-discovery is on who you are and what you can do not what somebody else wants you to do yeah right? yeah so exactly. your mom has encouraged you but it's being you that's decided this path yeah yeah exactly yeah i i with my mom's help i tried to i want i knew i always wanted to be an animator and write a book and yeah i'm been determined and doing whatever I can to make that those dreams come true. And it just shows it can, right? Yeah. Young woman, autistic, and here you are with your second book, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like, how many people, oh, I don't know if I can, or I don't know if I should. And you've just going, I can, and I will, and I have. Yeah, <laughs> Good yeah for you. exactly. Good oh, for you. Thanks. Thank you. Um, your animation, what kind of inspires you with your animation is, you know, what, what kind of animator are you for a start? 
Um, I well, I do enjoy both 2D and 3D. I do kind of enjoy the 2D a bit more because I love to draw a lot. Uh, and I guess the one inspired me is just watching some of my favorite movies and shows like with Bambi, Nightmare for Christmas, Lion King, and just getting to watch behind the scenes on how they did it all in the process, the step-by-step. And I just loved it in the community and how everybody worked together as a team. And I, I just loved that. And I, and I loved to draw and I just wanted to always be a part of that someday. Would you like to, to work on a movie with oh. the various characters? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. And, and I'd also like to make uh, the first book into an animated movie as well someday, too, which would be super cool. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you do the animation as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's your baby, so why not? Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, when you look at all these, I mean, anime movies are just massive nowadays, aren't they? And um, become very mainstream. And, uh, you know, we look at them, you know, there was soul on this year that you know had its different characters um i've loved many of the movies i love the anime but you know there was one a few years ago of um inside out which was oh, yeah. a great movie and, and um, i introduced that movie to a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists and they said thank you we're going to use this movie as part of our teaching um because it was a wonderful way of showing how to deal with emotions and live from the inside out there's things that you can do in anime that you just can't get out of people in real life, isn't there? Oh, yeah. You can be way more expressive with characters. Uh, you can yeah, you can create unique worlds with them. And, yeah, there's just a ton of stuff that you can do in anime. Like, you can be wacky. You can be sad. And sad. there's just so many what different ways that you can express yourself when it comes to animation than you can with, the real world because we have limitations yes. in a sense but with animation no you can stretch someone's jaw as long as you want to get the thing yes. or bring down the bird to make them sad or it, yeah it's just there's no limitations to what you can do with animation the nightmare before christmas and uh, yeah. have you seen box trolls I did, yes. And it's love very that one. Good. Yeah, I love that one. And not yeah. spoken about too much. I wish it was more because I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and then you've got things like Avatar, etc., that are mixing animations. You've got some, you know, super action movies where it's a mixture of it. And I think, you know, we as human beings in our little linear box thinking, when we open up to what that technology can do and where it can take us, you know, then it becomes something that is, it broadens our whole spectrum of possibilities. Have you seen the movie Never Ending Story? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah. I that have. was um, a wonderful movie, although maybe the animation wasn't, you know, as obviously as good as it is today. But it's still, it's one of those um, movies that, you know, shows you that we need to keep the story alive. We all need a story to read yeah. to immerse into into those characters it it's part of our own character building isn't it yeah yes it is i might have to rewatch that movie again it's been a while yeah yeah no it's an oldie and i know when we first got the vcr it was the first movie in it and delcor <laughs> all of that but um a lot of anime is watched uh, in our family because we do enjoy it and of course my kids are simpson followers you know oh, they yeah. love the simpsons so um and look at that, you know, that's been around for an awful long time. But uh, mm -hmm. there's a movie, Alita, Anita, 
or is that Alita out there? Um, oh and yeah, with the girl futuri- with the robot. Yeah, yeah she's okay. the, the futuristic uh, movie. And that you look at that, and it's just like awesome, you know, just kind of really awesome. So I think it helps us in our day-to-day lives just open up a great deal more in merging with those other worlds and being mm-hmm. able to see things more multi-dimensionally instead of just, mm-hmm. you know, three-dimensional flat boringness. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you've written the, the, the second one, obviously it's out now and the third one you're in the process of. Yeah. Um, you haven't yet come to that level of ending the story with the third dimension, you know, with the third book, with the third trilogy. Uh, but you've already kind of written the ending. It, was it hard to kind of bring the books just to a, a conclusion that way and kind of, you know, end it? Oh, <laughs> uh, in a sense, yeah, because like, as I mentioned before, I wasn't planning to make this in to a trilogy at the beginning. I did have an idea for like, a, if I did, make more of it. I had an idea for a second one. Third one, I had no idea where I was going to go with that one. So that was kind of a free. I was like, okay, what's going to happen with the second one? What are they going to do? What's going on in their world? But after writing the second one, it kind of helped with like ideas that I could do and what's happening with the characters and they're going through. And yeah, so I eventually with that, I found my beginning and ending and middle and now i'm just trying to put it all together and how they get to the those places have you got any other characters in your head waiting for another book for you know in a different storyline oh uh yeah i i am actually also writing another book along the lines as well um i wonder if i because i did technically mention it at the pre but well, I've already mentioned it at the pre-book publish if people went. Uh, it's basic. It's um. It's called uh, the Rabbits of Jericho Beach. The Rabbits at Jericho Beach. So I don't know if you know about Jericho Beach, but there are rabbits that live there. Ah, no, I didn't know that actually. Well, yeah, I did. I think yes. I think I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they're like domestic bunnies that have been there because people just put them there because they can't take care of them and they think that's probably the best way to for them when it's kind of the opposite and so I'm making a fantasy world around that with the rabbits that live at Jericho Beach and how they live how they survive and interacting there and yeah finding a way to like make them find better ways for like how not to put rabbits there yeah, at the end. exactly my my brother actually wrote a book um where it was a, a the Jericho Beach boy it was and eventually his, um, he moved back to England and the publicist had him set it in London um, mm-hmm. but it was about a boy that found um, a shoe on the beach with a foot still in it oh. and, and it wasn't long after that that actually some feet came up onto the shores not on Jericho but somewhere else and it's like he's got a way of writing something that in some way materializes down the road. Have you found with any of your characters, even though they're fictional, that there's been kind of a parallel happening that's uh, been going on? Uh, hmm. I don't, if it has, I haven't noticed. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's something that's when you do, you know, you, you kind of go like, okay, this was meant to be fiction, but that just happened. So, and it makes you go, oh, well, really if it could really happen Mm -hmm. you know how fictional is this right (laughs) yeah 
Sure. So I think it can. Now my brother has a great discipline with his books, and he's been, you know, for him, he grew he grew up knowing he wanted to be an author. That was always his thing, um, and you know he gets these characters in his head, and he likes to write longhand before he gets up there, discipline onto the computer. Do you go straight to the computer, or are you longhand first? No, I like him as well. I go in journals and write. I mean, people can do that, but I don't know. Personally, for me, that's the nice thing about writing is that there's no, everybody has their different ways. Yes. It's just doing what you do, what's best for you. And for me, writing in journals or paper the long way, I don't know, it just, for me, it helps me flow. It flows better for me and I can keep writing and writing. Whereas I feel like when I'm on the computer, I'm just kind of stopping myself and typing, but then I'll stop and re-edit and re-edit instead of just like flowing and keep going when I write. So uh, yeah, I like to do writing in journals and write the long way and then put it in the computer after. Yeah, I had an author on last week actually, who's a novelist and he's saying that he's always done the long hand, but however, this last book, he did it straight to the computer and he said it was different, you know, it was definitely different. Um, but, you know, I think it's what works for you. You know, I found actually, because I'm dyslectic, that right, that going straight to the computer and writing it there is better for ah. me. Uh, and it opened up my creativity more because I used to get frustrated with my words being in the wrong place and it never put me off where you can correct it on the computer. But there is no wrong way. It's yeah. just which is your way that yeah, really works. allows it, yeah, you to follow your creativity, right? Which way yeah. it comes out. Is there a yeah, certain exactly. place you like to go to to write? His, of course, coffee bars, you know, that he used to love to write in. Is there a certain place you like to go that inspires you? Oh, uh, well, I was actually hoping before COVID happened to go to the beach and do some of my writing, but then the COVID happened, so I couldn't do that. Uh, when it comes to writing, I either do it mostly in my room where, where I'm surrounded by my stuff, or I'll take a little note with me and just when inspiration comes, I write it down. So I just wish I had a chip in my head at night because that's when my imagination comes. I write entire speeches, I write movies, I do everything and then by morning I've forgotten it. Uh -huh. You know, and I just, yeah. I wish there was something that could hear my thoughts and just download it for me. <laughs> because when is a good creative time for you? At night, in the day? Oh, I, for me personally, I would definitely say uh, I'm a night owl, so a lot of it comes at night. And yeah, sometimes I have an idea, I just like immediately wake up and write, 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 write. And yeah, I'm trying to get a little better just for like sleeping wise for myself. I'm yes. trying to get a little bit better with the daytime, but yeah, I'm definitely a night hour where I'm most, that's where I'm myself most creative. Yeah. Again, if that's when you're, you know, the channeling opens up, that's where you've got to go with it. Some people are very early morning you know, mm. catching that early part of the day. I'm a night owl. That's when everything pours out of me too. Mm. Um, and you just go with whatever your flow is, right? Whatever your system is. Um, mm. When you've written that book and of course you're seeing it, you know, come into hardcover and there you are, you know, it, what kind of feeling do you have? That sense of accomplishment or you can't believe you've done it? You know, when you suddenly hand it to you, here it is. Oh, it's a, it's a definitely a wonderful feeling. It's it's just a seeing your dream actually come into reality, yeah. and it's just a joy and happiness and a, a, a good kind of pride, not like a ego kind of right. pride, a good yeah. kind of happy pride. pride. 
Yeah, yeah, accomplishment pride yeah. and just, you know, working hard to see your dreams come true in that and people and then also having the people like because I've had certain people come back to me and say, hey, we really love your book and we can't wait for the second one. And it's just and I've even inspired other people to like write their own books as well, which is always nice because which is it's a nice feeling. It's nice to know that my the things that I dreamed about is not only coming true, but now I can give it to other people as well and hopefully they can pass it on and so forth that's what it's about you mean inspiration begets invitation you're inviting other people to believe they can you know it's not that you've just written a book autism spectrum you've written the book you do the graphics you believe there's going to be you know a movie on this this and the thing is you look at how old are you now ah i'm 28 so 28 she's already got two books under her belt with a third one in the works and you haven't let any excuses Right. It's just like, I really want to do this, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. And if there are obstacles, I'm going to try to find a solution to get around it. If you can't go under, go over. And if you can't go under over, find a different route. Because that's the other thing. I think when things get hard, people just kind of stop themselves and give up instead of like, okay, I need to find what's the best solution for me to get out of this so I can still do what I love and get this um, issue or thing that's in the way out of the way exactly you know call scotty beam me up (laughs) you know um my brother once wrote a um a scene where his character fell in this pit and it took him a week to write himself write the guy out of the pit Uh, have you had any stumbling spots where along the line where you've got a scene and you go i just don't know how to get out of this Oh, the writer's block? Oh, yes, I've definitely had a ton of those. Um, What I've personally done for me, people say walking helps. And yes, the walking has helped with me, too. Um, I've also, sometimes I just kind of like, if I'm struggling, it's like, just let it go and maybe go do something else and relax and just take my mind off a fair bit. Because you're right, I'm writing these stories for fun. And if it gets like too much, and I'm trying, then it's like, okay, I need a break, I need to just go relax and remind myself why I'm doing this and why it's fun. And yeah, just so it's okay to step away sometimes if it's not there. Yeah, yes, wait for it to come and tap you on the shoulder. People get so caught up with it. It doesn't matter whether you're writing a book or whatever you're doing. You have that that dry spell where you just feel you can't be in it. And that's always, it's never a waste of time to take the time. Yeah. Because go and do something else. You will find it or will inspire you when you go back. But sometimes that's just the time of like, kind of shut the door on it, go and do something else, rejuvenate and come yeah. back fresh. It's a, it's a good lesson for everybody. Yes, for sure. Yeah. We all get some sort of block along the way in our lives, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. Now, I know you do an awful lot of, you know, book signing and everything else. Have you, you know, now with COVID, you know, it's a little harder to do. But, you know, is that coming back? Will you be able to do some book signing? Um, I'm not sure yet. We might have another... Well, unless we may, unless something happens in the fall, we might be able to, but if it still keeps going, we might not be able to. What we're actually trying to do, since we can't do like 
outside book events. We're trying to do kind of like lot book live streaming events, mm -hmm. both like YouTube and Facebook. We're actually planning one this month for May, either on the 22nd or 29th. It, we're just trying to figure out the date for that. We've got some things ready to go. We just need some other stuff to work on. And then, yeah, just trying to figure out if we want to do it on the 22nd or 29th. Well, that's again that comes back to that innovation doesn't it yeah. you can't do this because of those circumstances so what can you do and yeah. that's that pivoting and that's just you know same with everything in life stop worrying about what you can't do look at what you can do right yeah. and change directions and very often you may find it's either better or it reaches a different audience because obviously when you're signing books it's local people when yeah. you're doing this type of thing it's open to anybody anywhere yeah yeah exactly yeah so, so you know good a good lesson for everyone you know don't don't get stuck in what you can't do because yeah, there's always something you can do yeah right? especially yeah especially now in this modern world where with the internet and that it opens us to many ways that we can like get out there unlike before in the past where it's like there were there were limit certain limitations that we couldn't do but now with like the internet and just we have so many ways we can get out there and express ourselves and we can take advantage of that for ourselves. In the autistic community, um, you do a lot of work in that kind of community. You know, obviously, they must be very proud of you with the books that you've written. But you know, it, how has it inspired your community to believe that they can do things and not to hold themselves back? Uh, well, because I guess with me showing myself following my dreams and that I've actually had people who are also on the autistic, autistic spectrum also making their own stories right now as well. And yeah, this one boy, um, Adam, he's almost finished his one book and he is hoping to publish it either this year or next year. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that it is inspiration, but gets invitation because it invites people to believe they can. Right. Yeah. That uh, showing it doesn't matter if I'm differently abled. Yeah. I'm still able to do something. And if I have difficulty in certain areas, it's okay to ask. Yeah. It's okay to get the help because we're not meant to do it all. It doesn't matter who we are. We're not meant to do it all. And yeah. you do as much as you can. And where and there's somebody else's strength is that, then you ask them for help. Yeah. It's exactly. a good lesson to learn for everybody. We don't ask for help, do we? No. We don't always accept it. So you feel that this is the path that you're on now, the, the writing and obviously looking at the animation and the scripts and making it into a movie. Is this, is this your life platform for your unforeseeable future? Yes, uh, this is the future that I'm seeing and I'm going for right now. And hopefully with those, it'll lead me up to many more paths. Right. Yes, you don't know where it's going to go, do you? Yeah. Um, is there a lot of animation done here in British Columbia? Oh, yeah, there are a few animation studios. Uh, I have sent myself to a few of them. I came pretty close to one, but this other person had a bit more experience for, than me. So, but they're, 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 fingers crossed that they'll still stay in contact and just, up, I just basically have to update my resume, uh, get some things done, and then, yeah, maybe for hopefully for the best. Oh, well, you know, sending in your script with the anime in it, just showing that you're more than just, you know, an animator, that you're a storyteller and that, you know, you you're thinking further down the road because, you know, I've just did a show with uh, with a rapper, DC, who who did, you know, I don't know if you've seen the Geico commercial, Woomp, 
da, 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 the big song from the 90s that has come back and you know talking about how he had the one hit wonder but what it did is open the doors to other things in life and if yeah. he didn't know he went and learned and that's that's the point isn't it is is like i don't know how to do this so i learn how to do this or if it's completely out of my realm then i ask i hire someone to do it right but don't let things hold you back mm -hmm. and also i think you know we have many chapters in our book of life and each chapter is going to produce something else and some chapters may not be as happy as other chapters but the more skills we have and the more flexible we are the stronger and more courageous we're going to be in actually getting through any of those obstacles yeah yeah for sure you can always step into one of your characters right yeah yeah exactly just get a book and go into that world yes exactly i do that you know if, yeah. if i'm if i'm finding sarah can't cope with something you know what character do i like from a certain book that i think would handle it and just step into that persona for a while yeah <laughs> right? yeah definitely. gives you gives you a different form of courage yeah um, we see an awful lot of people just not reading books anymore but i think it's we're always hungry for something that can take us outside of ourselves and put us in a different world and invite us to see things from a different side. And I really do encourage people to pick up that book, you know, and read and go down that different world. When she first wrote Harry Potter, I do not think she, you know, thought it was going to be, I mean, she knew it was going to be seven books, but I don't think she ever thought it was going to be a movie and, Disney thing and, and everything else because you know it, it's massive and it doesn't matter what the generations of the next generation is introduced to and the next generation and that's what's so beautiful about books like yourself it doesn't matter what who's read it there's always the next generation that can enjoy it yeah and it can just yeah. keep on keep on living for as long as people are willing to dive into that world yeah exactly yeah and i hope that happens with the books as well yeah that, that with them they'll pass on to their kids and there'll be something that'll connect them and bring them joy together and then they can do that the next generation yeah and just keep the story alive forever yeah be... you know i always encourage the you know the book club type thing where you you talk about a book you know i saw it this way or it it, it did something to me this way and have somebody else share how it how it affected them and you know, it just it opens up the world even more. Oh, I didn't. You thought the character. Oh, that's an interesting point of view, and yeah. and then you're just kind of immersing yourself even more into the characters and where they can go. And and, and as I said, when I read my brothers, which is like that, it, I'm always in that world. And when the book comes to an end, the first thing I say to a sequel <laughs> right now. <laughs> I want to know what happens next. <laughs> And that's what you want, right? You want people to go, what's next? What's next, right? Yeah. Did you like The Golden Compass, Northern Heights, Philip Pullman's books? Uh, yeah, they were good. I haven't read the other one, but I do know what The Golden Compass ones. Yeah. Right. I highly recommend those three books. Um, they've, they've got a great series of dark materials now, um, which is they've really good rendition of it. It's really wonderful. But there's so many layers to it. And again, it doesn't matter what age you are, you're going to you know, receive it from whatever your point of view. And it really does, I like, I love books that make you stop and think. 
And it yeah. doesn't matter if it's the youth genre, whether it's adult, uh, you know, you food for thought. And yeah, but what if, mm, I wouldn't mind being in that world. Oh, I'd love to be able to do that. And that's always, I think, of a mark of a good book when it has you questioning afterwards um, because it keeps it alive and a book that you always go back to in certain characters, which are wonderful. And you always get a favorite character in, in a book, right? There's always yeah. one character that stands out that's even more. So you've got this um, whole kind of Zoom book signing type thing going on, which is, is going to come up. And I assume that you're probably going to do more of them as well as time goes by. So if people want to find out where that is so that they can join, do you have a site where all your information goes up on? Oh yeah, there's um I can write them in the the uh, chat box too if you want as well. I know, well I've got here too, so uh, oh. I, I've got um, uh, Jenny's story. Oh, I've got is it Jenny Jenny story? Yeah, so the official web page for it is a uh, Wix site jennyjennystory.com slash dysnomia. And then for other platforms, I have a Dysnomia Facebook page called Dysnomia. Oh, sorry, I got it. My mom was just letting me know I got it wrong. It's <laughs> JennyJennyStory.Wixsites.com and then slash Dysnomia. And spell Dysnomia so people know how to spell it properly. It's D Y S N O M. I A, and I know that you can get the current book at Indigo, but you can also get both books from Amazon. Yeah, you can get Indigo, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, um, Red Two. Yeah, many places, and we're also got it on um, eBooks as well. We're slowly trying to get it on the eBooks as well. So you're going to go the audio book way. Sorry, are you going to go the audio book way? We're trying to do that. Yeah, we're trying to do that for both books. Oh, it's just, on now. What? He just told me it's on now for the ebook. Oh, I just I, got it through. Sorry, my mom keeps coming in. She told me, I guess uh, the second book is on the ebooks now. Wonderful. Great. Yeah, Great. We, just, we just did it today, apparently. There you so go. News right. to me. So I got for your ebook. And I highly recommend the audio because audio is huge. And especially in this kind of book, you know, it's. Um, you know, a lot of kids could really enjoy that uh, and disappear into that world with the audiobook, which is great. And I really do hope that it is actually made into a movie, into a trilogy. Again, I'm the one that geeks out at them. I love them. Um, I love the different dimensions they take in there. But as I said, they end up with a life of their own and mm. a, a different kind of following, you know, do, and because people always want to find that hero that kind of reflects their possibility. You know, mm -hmm. what the hero faces, what they have to go through. It's an invitation for them to find their own strength and their own courage and their own abilities. So we always live vicariously through these things. And when we have somebody that we really love, you know, they become our hero and ignite the hero within us. So um, I hope it is made into a into a movie mm -hmm. um, because you. I think that will do very well we get, you know we can see animation movies do exceptionally well and we love the adventures and we love different worlds and different creatures it's so exciting so i do hope that you do extremely well on that and that it opens up those doors oh so, thank you so the third book when do you think that's going to come out 
Um, well, let's see. I'm hoping maybe around the same, because technically for the second book, we were, it was ready for 2020, but then the COVID, so yes. we decided to wait a little while. And so I'm hoping around maybe two to three years, definitely before the 20, let's see, 2025, so. Right, great. So a lot of dedication in there and, uh, you know, just keep pursuing. You know, an anime club um, set would do extremely well to have you because you really do think out of the box. There is no kind of linear mainstream with you. Uh, you're a gift uh, in that way completely. And, you know, thank you for being such an example to and an education to people that autism does not mean you're not capable. It just means that you are channeling your knowledge and the way you do things in a different way. And so you can invite them into your world, which you've done with yeah. your books. You've invited them into your world and they yeah. can come in and learn something themselves. So kudos to you for the books that you've written, love. Oh, and keep you. on going, keep on going, right? And when that yeah. third book comes out, come back and share that with us. And uh, keep fingers crossed for everything else because I think this is the way you need to go and the way you should go and the way people should open doors for you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you much. And uh, thank you for, like you, for having this interview me so that we can talk about these things and keep it growing. Yeah, well, if we don't, we don't learn. And so it, it is about talking about it and it is about learning. So I'm going to give people the site again, www.jennyjennystory.wixsite.com yeah. slash forward Dysomnia, D-Y-S-N-O-M-I-A. On Facebook, it's Jenny Story, Dysomnia Trilogy page. Twitter, Jenny Jenny Story, Instagram, Jenny Story 219. And you're also on Goodreads, Jenny Story yeah. as well. So, and you know, it just share, read the book, pass it on, let, get the conversation going by it. But um, good for you, hun, good for you. Thank All right, you. so thank you so much for sharing with us here today. And uh, folks, go and get the first book, catch up. The second book is already here. I know you're gonna be wanting to pick it up the moment you finish the, the first book and you're gonna be begging her to get on with that third book very quickly. So. Yeah. reach out and into that wonderful world of imagination so until next time folks remember there's no excuse we can always do something if we've got enough passion and conviction within us until next time bye for now we hope that you enjoyed the show you will hear many many shows here at selfdiscoverymedia.com we have new shows for you out every week just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.